podcast episode of Max Musings, where I discuss my love of writing. The podcast is usually divided into three parts, an interview with another writer, a discussion of my writing routine, and a reading from one of my short stories. The podcast is hosted on WCTV.org in Wilmington, Massachusetts. It is about 20 minutes in length with a new episode each month. Well, I'd like to welcome everyone uh, again to uh, Mark's Musings. This is a podcast broadcast on WCTV.org. And today we have a wonderful guest with us today whose name is uh, Beth Daigle. And um, I met her at an author fair a couple of months ago up in North Andover at the Osgood Estates. And uh, she has a wonderful book that she has published, and um, it's called uh, Musing the Mediterranean. And uh, I'll uh, ask her a few questions, and we'll see, uh, we'll learn a little bit more about the book. Good morning, Beth. How are you doing? Good morning, Mark. Very well. Thank you for having me today. That's so great to have you here, and I'm so uh, happy that we can uh, finally get together here. Yes. And uh, after showing you the studio a little bit, uh, it's nice that you're able to uh, relate to it, and maybe you can tell some of your friends about how it's a community-based organization, WCTV, and it's all volunteer-based, and uh, people are welcome to come down and learn all about uh, how to do a podcast or how to do a video program. It's very impressive, I will say. I am so impressed with the facility itself, but the setup here is very professional and inviting, so I'm glad to be a part of it. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing it with us. So the uh, the book that you wrote, uh, tell us a little bit about it. I know yes. that it's called uh, Musing the Mediterranean. It's Musing Mediterranean, so just Musing Mediterranean. And yes, it chronicles a family trip to Greece, Italy, and Turkey that I took in 2012. And it Humorously approaches the story of family travel, travel anxiety, which I happen to suffer from, and I'm hearing a lot of people uh, feel the same. So it kind of approaches the story through that lens. That's wonderful. Yes, but it also is a travel book, which really brings the reader to the destinations that I uh, travel to. So it puts the reader at ease, so to speak. I think it does, um, but it also gives readers the opportunity to relate to travel anxiety if you suffer from it and a few coping mechanisms things that I uh, choose those feelings of unease if you have that feeling of travel anxiety. Yes I remember some of the old TV shows where they had travel anxiety and they would uh, take sleeping pills and put themselves to sleep during during the whole trip. I wish I could do that and that's (laughs) funny that you bring it up because I do talk a bit about that as an option but one that I'm not comfortable with because I'm not really uh, wanting pills um, unless it's Advil. Uh, (laughs) So I don't go that route, but I did try to have a couple of glasses of red wine and that (laughs) didn't do the trick either. So um, I think it's just one of those mental things that I have I personally have to push through and kind of convince myself that it's all going to be fine. And really the, uh, the story kind of takes me to that place where I realize it's so worth it, just getting there. It's so beautiful. That's wonderful. Wonderful. So how did you decide that you, I know you were going to go on this trip, Mm -hmm. uh, but did, did, uh, did you decide to do the book 
before the trip or after the trip? It's funny. That is one of the biggest questions that I get. And the (laughs) answer is no. I didn't know that I was writing this book when I started the trip. But how it happened was that I had the idea of writing a book in the back of my mind. It's something that I had been wanting to do. I'm a local writer. I'd been writing for local publications, um, magazine articles, columns, and things to that nature. So things that are short and sweet. So something that I had been wanting to do for a long time is take the next step and writing a book seemed the natural step. But I didn't have an idea. And I don't consider myself a fiction writer. I do like to kind of write about experiences and or meeting people, uh, interviewing people, things to that nature. So fiction writing wasn't calling to me. Um, And I didn't really have a topic. I didn't know what I would want a book to be about. So it's just something that I had in the back of my mind. When I went on this trip, I wrote, I took a travel journal. Oh, good. And when I'm, I was young, I never wrote a diary or kept a journal, but my brother-in-law was, uh, taking a travel journal and suggested that we all do the same so that we wouldn't forget all of the wonderful things, um, that we were experiencing. So I did it. And about halfway through the trip, and it was a 14 day trip. I had filled this travel journal, and I (laughs) thought, wow, I have so much material. So many things have already happened, and we're only halfway through this trip. This could be a book. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, that's it. This is the book. This is the perfect idea for me to talk about travel and these experiences. And I, the, the trip itself couldn't have been any better uh, for a book because there were a lot of funny experiences and life-changing experiences. Bad, yeah. I, I'm reading a little bit about your book online yes. here. And I noticed that you decided to go on a trip, and then before you know it, the whole family was going. That's and right. So, so, uh, uh, well, I'm very fortunate to have have um, a wonderful sister and parents that enjoy what we enjoy. And my husband, Tony, is the big travel planner. He's the one that wants to see the world with our daughters. <laughs> I'm a homebody, um, and that's partly due to my travel anxiety that I don't really love getting out of my routine. So I'm just as happy to be at home. But he's the one dragging me out and saying, we've got to see the world with our children. My parents and my sister and her family want to see the world as well. And we were lucky that they said, you know what? Yes, let's do this trip together. That's wonderful. Add on to the fact that I'm half Greek and half Italian, and we were my sister and I were seeing our ancestral countries for the first time. My parents yes. had been to both Greece and Italy, but we had never been. Mm. So we were seeing these countries for the first time, and it was really special to do it together. So they they uh, your parents turned out to be somewhat of a guide too, because they knew some of the places that uh... they they did know some of the places. Traveling to Greece with my father was wonderful. He speaks the language, oh, so nice. he that. He was able to kind of bring us to a different level of communication with um, the people in Greece. Uh, that was very special. And it, Italy is just an amazing country. Oh, oh yes, my gosh. Yes, it was yes. just the people were so welcoming. And we had a ver- the very good fortune of having some amazing tour guides oh, who good, brought us good. around to places that we wouldn't have found on our own. I know some people uh, look up their ancestry, for instance, mm-hmm. and they make contacts with people that are in foreign countries. Yes. And then when they travel to those countries, they meet those mm-hmm. relatives. Did you have the opportunity to meet anyone? We had the opportunity, but we didn't take the opportunity. <laughs> I actually asked my father, especially if he would reach out to our very distant Greek relatives um, that were still in Greece. We weren't necessarily traveling to the places because we were on a oh. cruise. 
cruise yes, yes. where they would be. But he even said he really didn't want to go down that ra- road. It, it's a lot of work to make connections oh with God. people that you're no longer in touch sure, with that, sure. you know, you have to explain the, the, the connections. So we didn't do it. Well, we could have, but we didn't. <laughs> well, it could be a future trip. That's for exactly you too. right. Yes, if yes. we want to go a little bit deeper and a little bit further into yeah. travel, that may be an opportunity. I have a few buddies who have recently gone on some of those Viking tours that they travel down yes. the river, and uh, so those, those sound amazing. They are. My God. Yes. You're all you're in one place. You're you're living on the boat, and right. you just get off every once in a while. That's exactly and, right. Yeah, and uh, we have thought about that, and think that maybe that's something we'll do a, a little bit further down the road. That maybe not uh, with children. Our we have teenagers still, oh, so yes. not sure that the Viking cruise would be oh. as exciting for them. Yes. but maybe it would. Who knows? Sure, sure. Well, that that's wonderful. So, what are some of the places that you actually saw? Oh uh, well, we were very lucky. Um, we started off in Rome and that we flew into Rome and I have to say I really expected some of the off the beaten path places to be what excited me and they definitely did but Rome was exceptional. I really enjoyed Rome so we spent two days there before we took off onto the cruise ship which brought us to Sicily, uh, Turkey. We went to see Ephesus in Turkey. Wow. That was just one stop in Turkey. Yes. Um, we saw Naples, uh, Italy, uh, Sorrento, the Amalfi Coast. Absolutely stunning. Oh God, and yes. we saw the Greek islands of Rhodes, Mykonos, and Santorini. And then you were, so you were, when you got to these places, you're able to tie the, the history of them them to your actual uh, sightings. You're actually exactly seeing the statues or the museums or the buildings. Exactly. And, and you can now relate to those because you were there. You exactly right. And I speak about that being, especially when we went to Ephesus, which I really didn't know what to expect, which is the Holy Land where uh, Mark Antony and Cleopatra had been. They'd walked those dirt paths, and the buildings there, the Library of Celsus, were just so exceptional and unbelievably preserved. But you start to think about who had walked these roads before you, and it's unbelievable. But it did bring a lot of that to life. And, you know, uh, growing up, my children went to Catholic school. My husband's Catholic. There, through religion classes, you get yes. a lot of that history, like history. you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. But it really came to life, and you started to see, you know, what this really is. And they're ju- they're no no longer just pictures in a book. Yes, this yeah. is a this really happened. These buildings really exist. The Colosseum, <laughs> the Parthenon, seeing the Acropolis for the first time. Those were all just amazing history lessons come to life. I bet in your imagination you could actually see some of the Roman soldiers or the <laughs> royalty or something. It, it's uh, true. You know. Not only in our imagination, Mark, the funny thing that happened when we were touring Ephesus, which was a very large expanse of ruins, they actually put on a theatrical performance unexpectedly. I didn't know this was going to happen, but all of a sudden we're walking dirt paths and in kind of an open area of um, part of the tour, suddenly we start hearing music and drums and kind of a bit of chaos. We look over to see a full-blown reenactment of of gladiators. (laughs) Uh, In comes a woman dressed as Cleopatra. It was dramatic and wonderful, and it was the perfect distraction because we had been on foot for quite a while. Oh, yes, so yes. we were able to sit down for a minute, observe this show, yeah. and carry on from there. But yeah. it was really interesting because it, exactly like you said, it brought it to life for us. Yeah, and you felt like you were right there at the time. Like, 100%. Yeah. 
My God, isn't that is wonderful. Uh, tell us about the trepidations. You said you had some uh, worries about yes. actually going on the trip, yes. and how did you ease some of that? Um, yes, that's a big part of the beginning of the book where I struggled to get excited about it. Um, and while my entire family had been planning this trip for a year and a half, I just always kept my mouth shut. And I'm not really one to do that. I'm a talker. So I didn't involve myself, and that was one way that I kind Kind of tried to keep calm leading into the trip by kind of not over-involving myself in it and not thinking about it too much. But I'm an anxious traveler. It has to do with flying. I talk a little bit about where that began. I used to love traveling and taking a plane was never an issue. But when 9-11 happened and I watched that experience oh, yes, from yeah. just the vantage point of my living room, um, at the time, I was holding my daughter, who was six months old. Oh, my God, yes. And yeah. it just kind of broke me in that moment. Yeah. And I had nobody close to me that day that yeah. perished, uh, thank God. But it really changed me, yeah. uh, as it dis- did everybody. Everyone. everyone, everyone but yes. everybody yes. kind of experienced it in a different kind of way. For me, it was a little bit paralyzing yeah. in terms yeah. of travel. Yeah. So that really got into my psyche, and it caused a lot of um, tra- uh, travel worries, And what I learned, though, is that my travel worries aren't just about getting on a plane. It's a little bit all-consuming about changing my routine, the packing, going into unfamiliar territory no matter how I get there. It's a little bit unsettling for me, so I need to learn coping mechanisms. I think when my wife and I travel, too, she's a worry what too, yeah, yeah. and uh, she's a homebody, mostly. Yes. And she worries about the house. Yeah. Yes. And so... What you're even, leaving behind. Yeah. You know, well, even though we're away, mm-hmm. she'll, she's worried, uh, did I forget to do this or that right. or, or, you know, what's happening? Exactly. So sometimes you have to just let that go and yes. uh, maybe have somebody uh, local check in on things just to put your mind at ease. Exactly. And there, and I think a, p- a big part of it is planning. But when you go on a big trip, um, that can be very daunting. Yes. So it's just a matter of kind of working through what issues you personally experience. Mm-hmm. For me, the plane, I've tried to kind of deal with, a, deal with that in different ways. And one of the things that I joke about in the book that I've Later, since the, writing the book, I learned, oh, this is actually a good thing. But I joke about my husband wearing um, noise-canceling headphones. Oh, yeah. And I thought, you shouldn't wear those on the plane. You should be able to hear us. And you shouldn't want to tune us out. And he thought, well, I'm going to. So uh, anyway, later after this trip, I actually tried his noise-canceling headphones. And they are really good. Oh, my God, They, yes. they do a wonderful job of kind of creating like a cocoon effect. Oh, okay. Where yes, yeah. You can kind of just close, you know. Zone in on on one thing. On one thing. And so those had proven helpful. And then other ways that I've just uh, tried to be a little bit thoughtful about my packing and allowing myself to be distracted. And that's how I kind of get rid of it. And once I'm where I'm going... I'm so immersed in it that I I forget about the worries (laughs) until it's time to go home. Now, uh, when you're going on a trip like that, uh, was there any any problems with the money issues that you have to get your traveler's checks or your money beforehand? Or was there opportunity to get it there? When you're there. Both um, were the case. I have the very um, nice situation of my husband being the big travel planner. And he is a very um, structured and uh, uh, big planner. 
and so he takes care of all of that. Uh, and that, and he's uh, owns his own tax uh, accounting firm, oh, so yes. he's very money focused and knows exactly how to do what needs to get done. Oh, so we're lucky in that way that we have people planning around us. Uh, did you, uh, was it part of a tour that you had actually uh, bought into or did you plan everything yourself? We planned everything ourselves. However, what we did do based on several recommendations from friends um, was we got private tour guides. We oh. were already a pretty significant group. There were 10 of us on this trip, oh, okay. which kind of made the story a little bit more um, uh, robust. But because we had 10 of us, we decided we would hook on to tour companies in the places that we were traveling to and have them take us um, as our own group. And that really worked out beautifully. And you did that before you went yes. on the trip. Yes, that so, was all set so in advance. So if you're going to stay at a hotel, then you contacted the tour agency at that area. And right. So. In, in the area. We were on a cruise ship, so we were staying on the cruise oh, ship. Okay. But we did reach out while we were in Rome for two days prior to getting on the cruise ship to um, a tour company there that actually took us on a wild golf cart tour around Rome. Nice, and nice. if you can ever imagine taking a golf cart around Rome, the <laughs> people that drive in Rome are crazy. They're frantic. <laughs> and so being on a golf cart in the middle of, you know, any kind of traffic <laughs> was a very hilarious trip. So that, that weaves its way into the story. But um, we yes, we did. When we were in Sicily, we found tour guides there that once we were off the ship, we met up with them off the ship, and they took us on a beautiful day in Sicily and Taramina shopping. It was now, exceptional. how did you learn about that tour guide in Sicily, for instance? Most of the tour guides that we learned about, we learned through my husband's barber. And oh. um, his barber <laughs> is a woman uh, that goes by the name of Sam, and she's wonderful. <laughs> and every time he goes to get his hair cut, he hears about her trips. <laughs> and then that's what starts his excitement about um, the next place to travel. Traveling, so. Yeah. Um, we're lucky. That's how we found out. <laughs> That's wonderful. All right. So we've talked about the, the money issue, the trepidations, yes. the tour guides, uh, the places that you saw. Um, trying to think of what other things. Any exciting things happening on these There were so many exciting things, which prompted me to actually tell the story. Because unlike some trips, and we've taken trips since with the same group of people, um, that have been a little bit more relaxing, a little bit slower paced. And this trip ended up being bookworthy because there were so many funny things that happened. And I'll just share one story that I thought, oh, wow, this is worth repeating. When we were in Mykonos, um, my, we had actually uh, spent the day at the beach. The beginning of the day, we split off. And when you're in a large group and you split off, you don't know what's going to happen because we have no cell phone access. So we can't contact each other and say, hey, where are you now? Yes. We just split up during the, in the morning. My parents went, went with my sister and her family. And my husband and my two daughters took off. And we went in different directions with the intent to meet at a beach yes. called Paradise Beach. We did meet at the beach, but my sister and her family were much delayed, as well were my parents. Oh, wow. So we sat on that beach for at least an hour or an hour and a half wondering, where did they go? <laughs> because they had started off before us. Yes. So yeah. we had no way to know if they were okay, uh, if they had been derailed, got yeah. back to the ship. They did finally meet us. They were a little bit exhausted. 
somehow they set off on foot thinking that they could get to a bus that they never found. So their morning trek ended up being much longer than they anticipated. (laughs) They did finally find transportation to what we now, what is called Paradise Beach. um, And it was beautiful. We spent several hours at the beach. On the way home, we decided let's split up, split up again. Didn't we learn our lesson? Shouldn't we stick together? (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. But we said, we'll split up again. This time, my sister and her family, except my niece, who came with us, uh, and my parents took back, took off back to the hotel, They had, uh, to the cruise ship. They had had enough and wanted to rest. My husband, my daughters, and my niece and myself went off to Mykonos, the town, to explore it. And we thought we knew what we were doing. <laughs> We enjoyed the town but needed to set off back to the ship. And that's the thing. When you're on a cruise, you need to be back by a certain time time, because that cruise ship is taken back off. So uh, what ended up happening is we nearly missed it. (gasps) Um, We spent too much time in Mykonos only to learn that the bus that we thought we would take back to the ship didn't come back to where we were. We decided we'd hop a cab. Unfortunately, there were probably 30 people ahead of us (gasps) waiting in the same cab line. We weren't going to make it. We had waited too long. We started walking. This was the most frenzied walk back (laughs) to a cruise ship that was running. (laughs) We were until finally someone picked us up. They saw us frantically running uh, to get to this cruise ship that was so often to the distance, Mark, you couldn't even imagine. We had two. We had three young girls with us (laughs) and they're looking at my husband and I like, please save us from this misery. (laughs) Well, somebody ended up waving us down called us over to their uh, van, and I'm thinking, this is the worst example we could possibly be setting for three young girls, but we were desperate. We ran over. It turns out this had been someone that Tony had been uh, in the casinos with at night, and my (laughs) brother-in-law, my sister and I had joked about how frat boyish they were going off to the ship's casino every night. It saved us. Le- uh, in the end, that ma- that man that knew rent- us. They had rented a van. Or that something? the man yeah. had rented a van okay. and saw us and said, "Hey, Tony, I I recognized you and knew you were frantically trying to get back to the boat, and yes. you were too far." So we, I said to our guy, "Please pick them up." Yeah. What a savior! So what, uh, did he turn in his van at the end too? I must, he must have. Yeah, I, the, he got back on the, the van boat. was yeah. just uh, dropping him, so yeah. it was oh, somebody. Oh, he, okay. I thought he, had, he was driving. Yeah. No, no, yeah. He, we had a driver, so it yeah. was either a taxi or something, yeah, but it was. Yeah. Large enough to bring sure. five of five of us in, and and we took advantage oh because God. we were in dire Thank straits. Thank God, because you yes, hate to see think the ship would take off without you. Uh, exactly, <laughs> and I always I kept brought me back to I feel like episodes of Love Boat. I would watch, <laughs> and somebody would miss the boat or have to take a plane to meet them, and and it was always Acapulco. I remember that. Oh but yes, yes. Thankfully, yeah. we didn't run into that. <laughs> well, that was an experience. Yes, yes it yeah. was. And I'm sure you wrote that in your travel journal. It's in there. It's in there. It's in there, you, and it's in the book. You ended up uh, probably writing two travel journals because you said you That's ran exactly out of space. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I have actually um, loose pieces of paper of a notebook <laughs> that I've, I've recovered, and yes. I, I sometimes bring those along when I do book readings just that's, so people can see. It, it is. A, it, I would say travel journaling is a nice thing to do. It sounds like a wonderful experience uh, that was. you went on with with your family, something yes. you can
and share, and you pro- yes. and you probably talk about it a lot with each other. You know, just we still do. Do you, do you remember this? You remember that? Exactly, you know, and, uh, exactly. And uh, so, I think people uh, reading your book would be get excited about yes. uh, 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 traveling themselves. I and, hope so. And uh, and also enjoying your experiences because you probably put it made it so uh, humorous. Uh, and enjoyable. I and, hope so. Yeah, yeah. I hope. I actually try to say that I wish this book reaches three different types of audiences. So I think a reader that would enjoy this book is somebody who may be thinking about going to Greece, Italy, or Turkey, or anywhere in the Mediterranean, and may use it as a resource. Oh, yes. yes. It might be for somebody who's already been and enjoys the walk down memory lane. Several people have said, That's oh, I remember that. That's right. Yeah. You know, I've been. That brought me right back to the places that uh, you were at and I have been to. And then the final audience, a reader that I imagine would enjoy it is someone who may never go, may, may never want to. I'd like to learn it through your mind. Exactly, like, you know, exactly. That sounds wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think we have uh, pretty much uh, we covered everything in your book here. Is there anything... I, I, have you written other things, or this? Uh... Uh, well, I am a local writer, so I write locally for regional publications, okay. North Shore Magazine, Mary McValley Magazine. I had written for in the past. I have my own blog, um, and I welcome readers uh, to check that out. It's called Three Olives and a Twist. Three Olives and a Twist. Correct. Okay. And that is um, just a um, ode to my favorite martini, <laughs> and that's how I drink it. Uh, so yes, I, I do uh, continue writing. I don't have any any other books, but I do hope to continue on the travel book path as I continue to see the world. Sounds good. Uh, now, if people wanted to get in touch with you, could they? Uh, do you have an email address? Yes, could, uh, um, uh, and a website too. My website is very simply bethdagle.com. Oh, that's and good. Th- and you can get to my um, blog through that as well if you just look for me there. Okay. And so it's Beth. Daigle. Yes. Dot com. Correct. And Daigle is spelled D-A-I-G-L-E. Okay. Uh, and I would welcome anybody to visit my website, see what I have going on, check out the blog. There's a lot of information about the book on my website. Well, that's a, a prime place for them to go to, yes. to your website yes. because uh, you, know, you go everywhere else from there. So. Yes, exactly. So good. And the book is available on uh, Amazon.com. Yes. And uh um, I'm looking forward to, uh, I've read some of it already. I'm looking forward to reading more. That's great. More of it. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to, before we come to a close for the program, is there something else that you'd like to uh, talk about? Or uh, no, I think this covers it, yeah, and I great. really enjoyed the opportunity to be here and share great. in this book writing experience. That sounds super, yeah. yeah. And it's been wonderful uh, having you here, and, and uh, you make it sound so uh, delicious that, <laughs> that uh, uh, I'm booking a tour tomorrow. <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned delicious because if we didn't mention it already, there's a lot of food talk in there, too. So foodies out there, you might like the book as well. Oh, that sounds great. And I am a foodie. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so that sounds good. Well, that brings us to a uh, close of uh, Mark's Musings. And, uh, again, you can get us on WCTV.org in Wilmington, Massachusetts. And um, also uh, on uh, the website of WCTV.org. So uh, till next time, uh, we're signing off, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode. Come back next month to WCTV.org 
and Mox Musings. In the meantime, send me an email at mail at mockryanbooks.com. Bye-bye. Thank you.